It's time for Outside the Box with Lincoln Stars head coach Rocky Russo and Lincoln Stars broadcaster Joel Norman on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome into another edition of Outside the Box here on 93.7 The Ticket. Of course, Outside the Box is being brought to you by Raising Canes. I'm Joel Norman, and we're joined by the head coach of the Lincoln Stars, Rocky Russo, after another Stars victory. That's four in a row after taking down Des Moines with a, a little bit different type of game than usual for the Stars, but nonetheless a victory, winning 4-3. to three. And Rocky, let's talk about that, how it was a different type of game. We talked a week ago about how Maybe one of the best things that could happen to the Stars would be to win a close game last week. But obviously, I don't think we wanted it to be this way that it ended up being. But you guys got it done last Saturday. What was the biggest reason for why you were able to come back in that one? Well, I'm I'm trying to uh, gather myself here a little bit because the smell of hot sauce here in the studio is is quite impressive. They had yeah. uh, a hot wing challenge on the show before us and... Uh, those poor Nebraska athletes that were walking out are, are probably going to fe- be feeling that in the morning. And and fortunately for me, DP texted me this afternoon and asked me to to participate. And uh, Ronnie, my daughter, had uh, gymnastics class, so I wasn't able to be here. But the looks on their faces, I'm really pleased that uh, that I missed that one. But I had a good excuse, DP, so uh, I, I definitely... I'd be willing to do it. I've done it in the past. Joel, mm-hmm. have you ever participated in anything like that? I have not. And every time I see people's reactions, I think it doesn't look very fun. But I do like spicy stuff. Well, there's spicy, and then and then there's uh, atomic hot. When I was growing up, my grandpa, he's an old Italian guy, right? He used to drink wine by the gallon on Sundays when we had pasta. But he would go to the garden, and he would cut up eight or ten habanero peppers Put them on the on the bottom of his plate, pile the, the plate full of pasta, and then take a shirt off and sit at the kitchen table with a gallon of wine and and a and a paper towel and sweat pouring down his face as he ate this this pasta and just wiping it off and I, I could never understand it and he loved it. His gut had to be made of steel because he was able to process that stuff. But I have had some of that. Um there's hot and I like spicy foods, but but then it's just obnoxiously, obnoxiously hot, and and you want to go stick your your face in the uh, in the snow pile behind the ice box to try to give yourself some relief. The funniest thing is, I saw the the gallons of milk in here, like the 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 old wives' tale that the milk actually helps. Yeah. Which when you're eating stuff of that level, I I don't care what you're gonna drink, it's yeah. not gonna help you relieve any pressure at that point. So hats off to those guys for for. Diving into that challenge here, DP's always got cool stuff going on here at 93.7, the ticket. So, um, but I wanted to mention that before we got started. Um, if anybody's got any uh, any questions for us today, comments, please give us a call on the Honda Lincoln hotline, 402-464-5685. You can text us on the same number, 402-464-5685. We'd love to get fans and and uh some family members and such involved in the show and and get Mm -hmm. some questions some comments some feedback on uh the stars as we started our season here with uh a six and one record and a big as you said come from behind win last uh last saturday night against a a very daunting des moines buccaneer team yeah it really was des moines came in and you give them credit they hung with the stars that whole game they finally got their first lead midway through that third period uh, had to be a little strange with Kosas getting that goal as well to give them the lead. Did you see how he got the goal? Yeah. 
laying on yeah. the ice and, and the shot. Hey, it counts for him. God bless him. I really like Christian Kosas. He's a great kid. Um, he was part of a trade uh, transaction last year at the the deadline that brought uh, Killian Kieker Olsen to us. And, and uh, sometimes you have to trade a player of his caliber to get a 20-year-old back like that. But I have nothing but uh, affection for Christian. I was happy to see that he got the goal. But I initially I thought he was the one that shot the puck. Upon further review, he had kind of gotten into the scrum in front of the net and okay. was laying on the ice, and the shot came, and it, and it hit him and then redirected it off the, the post. They all but, count the uh, same. A goal's a goal. So, um, yeah, I'm sure he felt pretty good taking the uh, – the, the potential game-winning goal there in a 3-2 lead with only, what, four or five minutes left to go in the game. I think so. Yeah, it was about – I think it was six minutes because it was just under four minutes when the Stars answer back. First, Doug Grimes getting that goal, and then Boston Buckberger. I, you certainly gave the fans their money's worth. That was a game where it felt like it kind of got off to a slow start. There was a little bit of action, but it really heated up in that third period, Rocky. Why do you really think that was this past Saturday? Well, like I said in my post-game interview, I, I'm not sure we uh, expended a lot of energy in the first two periods. We just we didn't have it. And, uh, you know, you watch NHL games and you see some of the very best teams in the world just lay an egg on a, on a random night, and, and you wonder how that happens. But... Uh, for us, it was like we were getting bad bounces. We weren't getting uh, – we, our feet weren't really moving. We, we seemed like we were a half-step slow for the first two periods and, and really couldn't get anything generated. And so uh, when we felt some urgency in the third period, obviously it's a 2-2 game, then we're down 3-2. And, and I think the guys are going, hey, we're, we're going we're gonna to battle back. We're going to find a way. And, and – uh, you know, just like in that game, we lost to Sioux Falls. I was convinced we were going to tie that game. And uh, had they not called the soft interference call with about two and a half minutes left, I believe that we would have tied the game. But you don't want to leave it up to that. You know, you want to try to try to play a better first two periods and, and be in control. But every team in this league is so good, you know. And, and so uh, I can't sit here and say, hey, we were we were really bad. We weren't really bad. I went back. I watched the video. They did it great job generating chance after chance in transition and on line rushes now we gave up literally nothing in our own end uh and uh in fact i went through all of our uh scoring chances against this afternoon in preparation for tomorrow's video meeting and that's what i discovered about 95 of their chances were off line rushes and and that's something that in this league you have to be able to defend in transition if you don't it's going to come back to haunt you. And we weren't necessarily doing a bad job of defending in transition. They're a really good rush team. They're going to create. They're going to make plays at the offensive blue line. They did a really good job breaking pucks out. And uh, and so they got their chances off the rush. But then they didn't do a great job of sustaining that yeah. pressure. We were able to close, pick up loose pucks, and and get our way back out of the our own end, which you and I have talked about. Our breakouts have been something that we've been doing a really good job of. It was interesting that second period, both teams were, it just felt like they were stuck in the neutral zone too. It felt like they were stretches, but then things kind of opened up a bit in the third. You mentioned the difference in the first two periods. The Stars were outshot 22-18 to 18 by Des Moines after two. In the third period, you guys certainly flipped the script 16-9. to nine. And I'm glad you brought up that Sioux Falls game because I thought of something in that game. When, when Doug Grimes scored just under four minutes to go in this past Saturday's game, he had the same type of reaction going back to the bench as he did going into that Sioux Falls game when he made it a one-goal game. 
I've, it seemed to really reinvigorate the crowd. Granted, it was a, it was a game tying goal, but it, it was the same type of energy. It reinvigorated the bench and it really brought some life into the crowd as well. Did you notice that as well? Of course. I mean, our crowd at, at the ice box is special. There's no doubt about that. And I think they were they were waiting for that that big moment. And uh, Doug has been a guy that has delivered that for us a number of times in in his stint here with us. Obviously, we acquired him via trade last year from. Cedar Rapids Rough Riders. He played uh, 30-some-odd games, I think 34 games for mm-hmm. us last year, so about half the season, and uh, scored some big goals for us in, in that time frame. And you've already seen him in, in just a short period of time this season score some big ones, none bigger than that tying goal on Saturday night. That was a heck of a deflection, too. Just got in front of the net. Adam Kleber got his first point with the Stars on that slapper. I mean, happened really quickly. And then the comeback after that, Boston Buckberger getting the goal. I mean, felt like the roof was about to go off at that moment after he'd scored that. That was pretty exciting. And I loved how you could tell, you see this so often with big goals like that, he's whacking his stick on the ice as he's coming across the blue line, knowing he had a lot of space, and he obviously made no mistake. Mason was, was actually telling him, you don't need to – you don't need to beaver tail me. I know you were there, and I was laughing at him. He was he was joking, but uh, yeah. you know Boston. That's that's something we work on is is obviously hitting what we call that second wave of entry. Uh, you have your forwards enter the zone, then you have your D enter the zone, and and if your forwards do a good job of uh, entering the zone with depth and pushing the defenders back, then it creates space in the top half of the zone for your D to get pucks. And that was a perfect example of that. And DP had a great text after, or a great tweet after that saying, when are the stars going to start offering a, a buck, a burger for every time that Boston scores. And I think I got to bring that up because, uh, I think that was a, a pretty great promotion from, uh, Pretty great promotional idea from DP. Just need the right burger company now to step up, and we need them to be that sponsor of that. But I'm I'm all for that person. That'd be great. But uh, just a lot of fun stuff with that game Saturday. But it was the type of game we mentioned. It was a little bit tighter. You had to win it a little differently from before. It's an easy question. How easy? How good was it for you guys to be playing in a tight game after several that really had not been that tight? You know, it, it was tight because we've played a, a, a handful of games that weren't. And and because of that, you know, there there becomes a, a false sense of security and without realizing it and certainly not intentionally, there's a just a, a little bit of complacency that sets in and, and the guys start to feel good about themselves going, Hey, we you know, we've scored six, three games in a row or whatever it was, four games in a row, I don't know. Um, but we're we're feeling really good about ourselves and, and we can go out and outscore anybody and um, you know, it, it doesn't matter if we give a couple up and, and that's natural. That's human nature to start to feel that way. And so having to manage a tight game, knowing from my personal experience that we're going to have a lot more tight games mm-hmm. than we are going to have those three, four goal, uh, wins and, and, uh, six, seven goal outbursts. So we have to be able to be in, in a tight third period, up a goal, down a goal, tie game last five minutes, we lived in that world last year. And if you went back and saw how many times we tied the game with the goalie out, it was unbelievable. I, I think five or six times we, we tied the game with the net empty. Uh, and and then, you know, we scored twice in the last 30 seconds against Des Moines last year and then beat him on the first shift of overtime. So I feel like Matt Curley probably had, you know, reoccurring nightmares happening as he's watching that happen again this year, I would, I know I would 
I would I'd be like, here we go again. Are we going to deal with this? This team again coming back on us, coming back on us, and you know you got to learn how to close games out. So for us now we have a, a one goal lead with a minute and fifty seconds left or twenty five seconds left, whatever it was, and and we have to manage that. Now we go from I'm preparing three minutes prior to being six on five to now we're immediately yeah. in a five on six situation. And so personnel is going to change the, the message that the team is going to change. Fortunately, we have two dry erase boards on them. One had a six on five scenario on it. The other had the five on six scenario <laughs> on it. And I just had to grab the right one given the situation. What was your message to the team after that go ahead goal by Des Moines midway through that period? Now it's wait, listen, we're going to win this draw. We're going to, we're going to put it behind their net. We're going to make them go 200 feet. We're not going to give them any anything. Like our feet are going above all the time. We're forcing them to dump the puck. We're forcing them to fight to retrieve it. You know they're going to want to get their goalie out as soon as they can. So we have to just assume that the second the puck crosses the red line, their goalie's out. We're in a five-on-six situation. Yeah, and it obviously worked out well. And they they had so much trouble even getting that minder out. Lundgren was there was a couple times he was kind of creeping up, but they just couldn't gain any zone possession time and I think that was a nice scenario for you guys you hadn't really had to do that a ton this season if at all actually no we haven't had to do it yet this season we I I suspect we had the goalie out yeah in the Sioux Falls game yeah. but uh we haven't had to defend the five on six now we've practiced it quite a bit with the the expectation that we're going to have to do it um the best thing that happened was, you know, they end up icing the puck with mm -hmm. six seconds left, and, and uh, then they take time out. So, you know, I'd send Keaton Peters to, to take the draw, and I said, Keaton, just fall on it. If you can eat two seconds, it's over. And and he, not only did he fall on it, he ended up with it in between his legs and, and uh, pretty much killed the final six seconds, which was a really great job by him. He's done a great job in general this season. Leads the team with five goals. You and I touched on him a little bit earlier today, but what's really stood out about him so far this season? You know what? It's it's the maturation process of a player in this league. And, and Keaton, ironically, Keaton came to us. Um, we needed a center desperately last year. And, and uh, Jack Larrigan at the time was struggling a little bit. And, and so... Uh, Keaton was playing in Janesville in the North American Hockey League, and, and we felt like Jack would be better served uh, getting an opportunity to play in a bigger role in Janesville. So we traded Jack to get Keaton's rights back. We owned USHL, mm -hmm. but we, we weren't able to just add him because he was currently playing in the North American Hockey League. So we traded Jack to Janesville. We brought Keaton up. Keaton played um, fourth-line center for us for the, the majority of the year. Um, killed some penalties, mostly played five on five, was very limited offensively uh, until maybe the last 10 or 15 games of the year, and you could start to see it coming. Um, and then Keaton had a monster summer and uh, came back really confident. His skating had improved. He was already a beast in the gym, so he didn't physically need to continue to develop any bigger, but, but he has. He's strong. Uh, but his skating was the biggest difference. His skating has gotten better, and uh, and he's more confident with the puck. Last year, if he had it in the neutral zone, the first thing he'd do is chip in the corner. You know, I'm a fourth-line guy. I don't want to get scored on. I got to make sure I put it behind the D. I'm going to go in and forecheck, and then I'm going to get off the ice as quick as I can so that so that I don't I don't take a minus. Uh, but but that confidence in, in young players evolves, and you could see it now in in Keaton. You can see it in Patrick Raftery. You can see it in Jack Larrigan. Yeah. Jack Larrigan obviously ends up going to Janesville, um, spends 30-plus games there, 
comes back this year full of confidence. He was unbelievable at main camp, and uh, and he's been really good this year. He's uh, he's still got a long way to go, but his his natural God given ability is is really impressive. He's playing with some confidence, and and he made a great play on on the Peters goal there to start the game on Saturday. And Jack nearly scored later, right before Patrick Raftery's goal that he redirected in. I mean, he was close to getting a goal. He feels like he's been knocking on the door for a few oh, games. I just want him to pop one because I got a <laughs> feeling once the first one comes. Two, three, four, and five aren't going to be far behind, but he's just got to get the first one and get that monkey off his back. But at least he's pointing now. He's getting some assists. He's creating offense. He's confident along the walls. A lot of the things that he wasn't doing last year, uh, he's doing now, and I, I attribute that to our patience with his development and his trust in us that, hey, we're going we're gonna to send you to Janesville, but we're keeping you on our affiliate list. We still believe in you. We want to have you back. And... Uh, you know, it it was really nice for us to go full circle and be able to bring him back because number one, he is an absolute wonderful kid, but number two, like the skill level and the compete and the skating, he's he's a PK guy for us, but but he's going to be a power play guy sooner than later. He's too talented to not be, but I just want to get him successfully scoring five on five, and and then we'll delve into some power play opportunity mentioned a little bit about the North American Hockey League to the USHL. What's the biggest thing you see guys struggle to adjust to in the USHL that maybe they took for granted in the in the null? The pace. The pace. And and I just had a conversation. Uh Z was doing some uh video today with with uh Cole and and with DJ. They're a, a peak uh D partners right now and, and uh I just said to Cole like the the biggest difference for you for Hagen Moe is is the pace. You know, like Hagen scored twenty some goals last year in, in the, the North American League. Cole scored twenty some goals as a D in the North American League. And they're both incredibly talented Division One college hockey players. And and they they will both readily admit, hey, this is really fast. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to make plays under serious pressure. Uh, you're going to be hit. You're going to, you know, everybody talks about the North American League being physical, and it is. I mean, I'm a huge North American League fan. I, I coached in the league for 12 years. I love the league. I love what it does for players. Um, but this league, the top-end talent is unbelievable. The pace, the skill set, the, the 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 need to make plays under such duress and pressure makes you the type of player that you are. And, and so that's where the guys have to, to be able to manage quickly. Uh, if they're going to adjust to this league and have success. I was going to say, what's the biggest thing you see, but it's, you know, to see you guys improve? Because there's plenty of guys who've gone from the North American League into the USHL and made that step successfully. What's the biggest adjustment they make? Is it more just working on their speed, or is it just quicker reactions maybe to be more prepared? It's it's starting to understand that you don't have as much space. And, and so the D are going to close on you quicker. They're going to close from behind faster with back pressure. Uh, if you pick a loose puck up in, in the, the offensive zone, you can expect that there's somebody within a stride of you ready to close and defend and finish a check. And, and there's times when maybe you have a little bit more time and space in the North American Hockey League. But guys like Lucas Wallen last year who played in the North American 3 League a couple years ago, then played in the North American League and then plays in the USHL as a 20-year-old, like, I knew he was really good when he got here. Same thing with with Luke Johnson. I knew those guys were really good. But, you know, Lucas Wallen just continued to develop and develop, and he worked on his game. He was relentless with with his extra work in the afternoons and, and after practice. 
and understood. He's such a smart player. He understood time and space. He understood where he needed to go to get scoring chances. And then he just worked on a shot. And all of a sudden, you know, instead of that extra stick handle, that's what you see. If you watch a player that's that's not creating in this league, it's because when they catch it, they have to, we call it, dust it off. They've got to go stick handle once or twice before they shoot it, before they pass it. Lucas learned, I don't have time for that. It's got to be on the on the, the, the blade of my stick, and it's got to be off. Whether it's a pass, whether it's a shot, whatever it is, and I need to move. My feet have to already be moving to put myself in a loaded position to shoot the puck if I'm going to get grade-A scoring chances. And so that's another thing I talked to CR about today. Like, hey, here's a perfect example. You got your shot blocked on Saturday. Why'd you do that? He's like, I dusted it. So it's like, okay, you see it, you know it, you understand it. Now it's making that that adjustment at top speed in order to use all the skill that someone like CR has, which is unbelievable skill set. So yeah. um, sometimes it takes guys five games. Sometimes it takes them 10, 15 games. Um, but, but the guys that we have that played in the North American League last year that are here right now are very talented players. And you're going to see them start to progressively score more and more the, the further we get into the season. Yeah, I like that you brought up Lucas Wallen. I mean, he's just a great success story in general for junior hockey in the United States. NA3, null, and then next thing you know, you're in the USHL, and then you've got a college commitment as well. Don't be surprised when you see Lucas Wallen in the NHL. I wouldn't be either. He's that, he's that good. And, yeah. and he's, I happen to be, we were off a couple Fridays ago and, flow sports you know the our ushl games tend to not always work on there but the college games work pretty good so yeah. i was sitting there and i was watching tri-city and omaha play because we were playing omaha the following weekend and um i'm watching uh saint uh saint thomas play and not five minutes after i flipped the saint thomas game on lucas wallen bing under the bar from from the honey hole area where he scored so many times yeah. last year and uh and then George Lewis, our, my former assistant, uh, they played Penn State last week, and, and George has texted me. He's like, oh, he just scored. And so, you know, that's that's Lucas for you. Like, he's yeah. just such a competitor. He's so talented. And he's his relentless work ethic and his desire to succeed will, in my mind, more than likely bring him to, to National Hockey League someday. How much do you enjoy watching just other hockey games when you're not busy with them like that like it's a friday night maybe let's say it's like a night like this and you we don't have a radio show are you watching games or are you just are you so locked in on just star stuff how does that work for you i mean i i do watch you know i watch nhl stuff um i'll watch some college stuff on my free time but i'm also watching bubble guppies and and paw patrol and mickey mouse and And that's that's better right yeah it is i mean quite frankly uh i always have a book on the the coffee table in the the living room because when something's on that I can't watch, <laughs> um, but my kids absolutely love. I pick the book up right now, so I'm actually reading "Can't Hurt Me" right now by David Goggins, which is okay, an unbelievable Very book. Cool. Um, so you know, at the end of the day, I do watch some hockey, but I also between the video and being at the rink nine eight nine hours a day, like I like to shut it off. And, yep. and it's always a conflict in my brain of, well, if you watch hockey, you can learn more. And so when I watch a game, I, I can't watch it as a fan. I'm, yeah. I'm always watching it as a coach and critically evaluating what is going on. I'm watching the systems. I'm watching the structure. I'm pointing out, oh, look, there's the mistake the D made just led to the odd man rush. And my wife just kind of rolls her eyes at me sometimes because she's actually super smart, too, and she sees it. 
Yeah. And she's like, you don't need like she knows she sees it. But, um, you know, it's it's just one of those things where a lot of times I'm kind of like, eh, I'll I'll be done with the hockey for this evening. I like how you bring that up, because there, if I watch sports with my girlfriend, I just make fun of the broadcasters the whole time. It's the same thing. You're criticizing them. Oh, why do you say that? Or I repeat something right before they say it, too. So I, I know the feeling exactly. Well, uh, Rocky, obviously a big series coming up this weekend, Omaha and Tri-City in there. You've had great success, obviously, against Tri-City, one for one against Omaha. What, what excites you about this? Because it's a couple of road tests and obviously two different places this weekend. What excites me the most is both of our opponents are chomping at the bit to beat us. And, uh, and they're going to come ready. And so, you know, it's, an, it's an, a challenge for us, an opportunity for us to know, hey, you beat Omaha pretty good 6-1 last time. You beat Tri-City 6-3 two nights in a row. Those teams have, have some revenge on their mind. How do you handle that? Are we ready for that? Can we step up to a challenge like that? Can we can we be prepared for something like that? Are we ready as a group to have that target on our back? And and we're gonna see what we're made of this weekend, and I'm I'm really excited for that. It's gonna be a couple of fun matchups. I'm excited just to have a game at Omaha. I know they're gonna be chomping at the bit. We saw in Tri City's frustration, obviously, a couple of weeks ago as well. We're gonna take a quick break, and we will have more in just a little bit here. This is outside the box. We're talking Lincoln Stars hockey. Our show being brought to you by Raising Canes, and it's all coming to you here on 93.7 The Ticket.